Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. All right, guys, so we just went live. If you are joining us right now, first off, congratulations, because I didn't publish this at all. So, like, nobody even knows that we're live right now. Um, so I should probably do that. I think I posted something last night, didn't I? You did post once last night, yes. I, I'm, I got a lot of things on my plate, man. Like between write, between writing articles and doing podcasts, and then you know the fact that I have a real job, and then a kid and a wife. Like I got lots of stuff going on, so sometimes I forget. Okay. You know. What about arguing? You know, maybe maybe you want to have like a work board, make yourself you know give you give yourself a little list thing to work on. I like this. I like this. A little. Did you, did you just transport somewhere? I did. Oh, wow. That was impressive. That's right. You know, it's all for you, Mike. It's all for you. I, I, that's what I appreciate about you. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't get old, does it? No, it doesn't. That's what's so great about that show. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with what we're talking about, Phil and I are talking about um, Letterkenny, which you can see season one and season two on Hulu. In fact... Mm-hmm. I want to see, there's a really interesting trend. Um, there's a lot of really good co- uh, Canadian com- uh, comedians, um, comedies that are out there. There's a show called Mr. D, which is on uh, Canadian TV as well. And it's about this guy, Jerry D. And he's basically like a shitty teacher. And it, that doesn't sound like it would be funny, but it's actually really, really funny. And like, it's it, it became one of my favorite comedies and like we just went down this rabbit hole and we found all these other great Canadian comedies and like I feel like maybe I need to be like the ambassador for Canadian comedy and see if I can get these guys on the podcast maybe we see if we can build them an audience here you know like I feel like I I feel like Letterkenny should be something that's much bigger than it actually is well Letterkenny is great but I mean I found out that Letterkenny is on Crackle and I'm like what because it did start off as a web series at first oh yeah yeah and I'm like, then like Crackle picked it up. And honestly, I don't, I don't watch anything on Crackle because it's just like, um, okay. Because honestly, who watches anything on Crackle? And then Hulu releases it, and I'm like, oh, okay. But another one I'm actually watching is a one called Shit's Creek. Oh, Shit's Creek is wonderful. I, Eugene Levy, I don't know how he does it, but that dude, literally the greatest straight man ever. I'm sitting just oh, going. Yeah. So, and the woman who plays his wife, who names escapes me right now, uh, Catherine O'Hara. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, she is amazing. Oh yeah, the the episode where she's doing the commercial for the fruit wine is like yes. my favorite episode because he's just over enunciating everything. Oh my god, it's it's so it's so wonderful. But like that is like a master class in deadpan humor because they they nail it so well. But then like. You have Chris Elliott in that show, too, who's the master of, like, over-the-top, awkward, weird, quirky yes. humor. And the mix of the two is just it, – it's it's very well done. Mm-hmm. Which I'm actually shocked because Chris Elliott literally was like – he was like the bell of the ball in America for a long time, and then he just disappeared. Um, and I think it was Cabin Boy that pretty much killed his, killed his American aspirations. Yeah, pretty much. Well, he had a show um, on Fox. I'm trying to remember what it was called. I want to say it was, like, Life Stinks or something like that. Yeah. And it was it was only got one season, but it was really underrated and it was really, mm-hmm. really funny. Um, but he was like everybody thought he was going to be the next big thing because he was a David Letterman um, 
writer, and he was like David yeah. Letterman's like kind of chosen chosen one. Like mm-hmm. you know, take take forth my comedy, oh Chris Elliott, and do wonderful things with it. And it just never caught on. And like it makes sense because David Letterman and himself is kind of awkward humor to begin yes. with. And like mm-hmm. you either get it and you love it, or you're like I'm gonna go watch Leno because I'm too stupid to get Letterman basically. <laughs> That's about right, and uh, but but like I said, apparently he's been doing well in Canada, making all the Canadian money. So what is that? A lunay, I think it's oh. called. <laughs> the lunays, yeah. I think that's what they call. I don't even remember what it's called. Who cares? I just know that their money's doing better than ours. So yeah, well, there is that. Yeah. Um. But let's go ahead and we'll get started, man. Um. Okay. So I have you on specifically for a reason, as I mentioned. It's what I appreciate about you. Um, okay. We watch a lot of the same media. And yeah. this doesn't sound, this sounds like, you know, when most people are thinking of it, they're like, well, that's not a good thing. You need to have diversity so you guys can talk about different things. No, 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 not with TV. No, you need somebody <laughs> to share the crazy shit that you just saw. Because if you don't, yeah. you're just, you're yelling, oh shit at yourself. And like your wife's like, what the hell are you yelling at? And you're like, nothing. Cause you don't want to watch the show. Go, go back to watching Bachelor in Paradise. Like it's, mm-hmm. you got to have somebody to bounce this stuff off of. And yeah specifically the thing that I need to, needed to bounce off of somebody. And thankfully, Mr. Philip Jean-Pierre, my guest tonight, he has watched Castle Rock on Hulu, just like I have. Yep. And the series, the season one, like the, the, the full series up to this point just ended and it dropped a fucking bomb and just walked <laughs> away like it was nothing. They, they just, they ended that show with like such a like, hey, here's your end. And you're like, wait, what? And they're just like, bye. And like, didn't even give you a chance to like be like, but wait, no, I have questions. They're like, too late. Bye. See you later. And it was just like, I, I, I sat, I sat there with my mouth, with my jaw open. Like, but wait, I have so many questions. And we're yeah, getting. That, that, it kind of pissed me off at yeah. the very end of it. Cause I'm like, really? That's, that's where you're going to leave it. That's, that's it. Right. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt about it too. It was like, this is some you. We need answers, and they didn't give them to us, and they don't care at all. Not even a little bit. There's not even like a little bit of care in there at all. So it's like it, it was just completely, just total disregard for the fans. But at the same time too, it's one of those things where you hate them at first, but then mm-hmm. as you realize you're talking about this show for the next like what year until the next season comes out, they knew exactly yeah. what they were doing. So it was like. Yeah. It was like you're mad, but then you're like standing golf applaud. You're just like, well, bravo, you sons of bitches. Like it was. I mean, the writing on there is yeah. insane and it's great. And you're sitting there just going, what did I just watch? But you can't like, like you can't not enjoy it as you watch it. And I tell people, and even if you're not a Stephen King fan, you will like, you will love this show because it it legitimately is just really well done. If you're a Stephen King fan. You will literally be like, oh, I know that. Like, the Easter eggs in here are insane. Yeah, exactly. And that that was what I noticed about it, too, was that there was just a ton of insane Easter eggs. So what are we talking about, guys? We're talking about Castle Rock on Hulu. This is a little impromptu pre-show we're doing for GGR Pirate Radio. Um, But let's go ahead. We we did a little bit of a cold open here, Uh, Phil. What we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and kickstart this show. We're going to do our intro. When we come back, we'll be talking about Castle Rock on Hulu. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. 
Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists, you throw them in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same thing. So you just put him in the morgue. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, mother... The great pirate Robert is here for you. Pain heals. Takes dig scars. Glory. Lasts forever. If you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. What's in the box? Dylan! You son of a... This is called Pirate Radio. Welcome to the Great Geek Refuge. This is GGR Pirate Radio. This is the podcast arm of the Great Geek Refuge. Check out our website. It's www.greatgeekrefuge.com. Um, as I mentioned, my name is Mike Lunsford, and I am the host and editor-in-chief of the Great Geek Refuge. Uh, tonight, we are going to be talking about the recently finished season one of Castle Rock. And joining us, we have... I'm. I'm thinking you, you deserve the title of, of media expert, Phil. <laughs> I think that's only fair. I, I, I appreciate that, but I'm going to go with this media, con- media content person. Media. What the hell? Not uh, something less how, flurry. How about how about like like with the mafia? You can be the media consigliere. Ooh, I like that. You can one. be the guy. You know, he's the guy that knows things about TV shows and stuff. So, you know, if you got yeah. questions, you ask him. But, you know, he'll take care of things. Um, I know things and drink. I, you know things. You know things and drinks. Exactly. Um, so we're going to be talking about uh, this show. It, if you know anything about Stephen King, let, let, let's start off with, with with this sick motherfucker real quick. Because this guy manages to – he manages to find horror, mm-hmm. but then also the supernatural and the weird – and the mundane too. Like he sometimes he just is like, "Hey, look, here's somebody making a sandwich," and he finds a way to make it kind of creepy. And like yep. at the same time, though, he does sci-fi really, really well. He does his humor, like it, it's a it's kind of a dark sense of humor, but he does that really, really well too. But that's the funny thing about this is he didn't even write this. This was written by two other guys. In fact, let me pull up yep. the the article that I wrote. There's a review on greatgeekrefuge.com that you guys can read that I wrote about the first season of Castle Rock, which please, um, please be kind and read this. Uh, I would appreciate it. Um, but the writers, one of the writers is actually pretty prolific. He's done some stuff that was, um, he did a book, and I'm trying to remember the name of the title right now. I'm pulling up the article as I speak. Um, but the guy's name is Dustin Thomason, and he wrote the song, uh, the book The Rule of Four, which is very like... Um, it's like the Da Vinci Code if the Da Vinci Code was written by somebody who knew how to write. Um, <laughs> and it's it's no, sold we're like not a fan of the Da Vinci Code. Oh uh, no, I'm not. A, I don't. I don't like. Um, what's the guy's name? Dan Brown. No, I don't think Dan yeah. Brown can write at all. They're fun. Like they're fun to read because they're cool stories. But it's like, imagine like you have a friend that tells really shitty stories, right? But he tells a really good story. 
Like, he tells you about the time that, like, you know, he was pulled over by the cops and he wasn't wearing pants and he got arrested. It's like Kramer from Seinfeld. Kramer, Kramer told incredible stories, but he was a shitty storyteller. Does that make sense? That's yes. Dan Brown. Dan Brown is Kramer. Wow. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I went there. Yeah. Do, do something about it, Dan Brown. Um, but at any rate, this series was written by Sam Shaw and Dustin Thomason. So these guys... Are, must just be really, really big fans. But, I mean, ultimately, Stephen King did have execu- executive producer uh, status on this. So did J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams. But, like, the fact that they managed to throw so many Easter eggs in there from pretty much every piece of media that has ever come out of Stephen King's, like, off of his fingertips was just incredible. I was actually shocked that they pulled it off because they had done that first series on Hulu. Because, you know, Hulu, I guess Hulu has a longstanding relationship with Stephen King. And J.J. Abrams, and they did that was I think it was eleven twenty two sixty three. Yeah, uh, with uh, with James Franco. Yeah, um, which is like about the Kennedy assassination, and I thought it was okay. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it just didn't really hook me. So when I was like heard that they were doing Stephen King, I mean, let's face it, Stephen King really is hit or miss. Like all the older, like some of the older stories they've done, like Carrie, um, is really good. But of late, trying to translate his like later stuff, they die horribly. They die horribly. Like I don't even want to talk about the Dark Tower series. That 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 hurt my heart. So so like you, when I heard Castle Rock was coming out, I was like, you really pull this off? Because I mean, like you said, Stephen King, like, he has like that weird like you can't really call him a horror writer. No, not because he has like that sweet spot between all the like all these genres, and you're just sitting there just going. Yeah, I'm not like I mean, because you got like you know something wicked this way comes the Dark Tower series, and then like Stand by Me. So he really doesn't have like kind of like a real like he's not really like a genre defining. It's just whatever he feels like writing about. Exactly. I mean, this is the same guy that wrote Hearts of Atlantis. He wrote Shawshank Redemption. He wrote like you said, Stand by Me. He wrote um, The Green Mile. So like mm-hmm. he does sentimental very well too. But like mm-hmm. the, the the guy is diverse. And I actually, it sounds, you said you watched 112263, but it sounds like you didn't read the book. I did not read the book, okay. no. If I didn't you even know it was a book until after the series was over. I can give you the book if you've got, like, I don't know, six months to read this 1,200-page monstrosity. It's huge. <laughs> it's the biggest damn book I've ever read, and I've read the Bible. So, like, it's, it, but honestly, it's, it's probably the best book I've ever read in my life. It's incredible. It's the book adds so much nuance. I'll, I'll give you like, well, I'll talk about it real quick and then we're going to jump into um, Castle Rock here, but like, I'll give you a scene. So remember how in the beginning of 11, 63, James Franco's character, Jake, his name is Jake Epping. Uh, he's teaching an, like an English for adults class. Like they're trying to get their GEDs as adults. And one of the guys is a janitor that works at the high school. Who's mentally disabled. Not like he has a, an ailment. He was bludgeoned over his head as a child by his drunken father. Mm-hmm. Um, when Jake finds out that there's that portal and he goes back in time, the first thing he wants to do is he tr- wants to try to help his his janitor friend and stop his dad from doing this because he found out like that like the that the the guy's father ended up killing one of his brothers and like and one of his sisters like he was the only one that survived. So that was mm-hmm. his first thing that he did when he went back in time was to try to fix that. So he goes back and he fixes it, and then he goes back through the portal to present day, right? And he's looking for mm-hmm. the janitor and he can't find him, but he finds the sister. Um, that lived and he calls the sister and he's like, Oh, Hey, yo, I was a friend of your, um, 
a friend of your brother's, you know, I'm, I'm looking for him. Where is he? And she's like, well, first off, you sound like you're way too young to be a friend of my brother. My brother died in 1969. And he was like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, you, and you know what? As a matter of fact, you sound exactly like the guy who was there that day that saved us from our drunken father trying to kill us. But what's really, Ooh. really weird about that is as soon as that happened a few years later, my brother, the one you saved that you're asking for, got uh, in, uh, got um, drafted into the army and went to Vietnam and was killed in Vietnam. So what really are you and who are you and how do you know all this shit? And like Jake is so floored by this. He like doesn't even hang up the phone. He just like drops the phone and it just hangs there on the receiver, right? And mm-hmm. he like walks into the bathroom and turns on the shower like like in the crying game, like turns the cold shower on and like just stands there and screams because he's just like, what the fuck? He's like, why won't time let me save this guy? And like, Mm -hmm. that's a lesson that you learn in the book that you never learn in this movie is they say that time is obsturdate. Like it does not want you to change it. So like Mm -hmm. they show you a little bit in the movie or in the, in the series when he tries to save Kennedy, how all that weird shit happens that tries to stop him. But like, that's, that's basically what happens anytime he tries to change the timeline is something tries to stop him. And there's this dude called the yellow card man. And the yellow card man is basically like the keeper of the time timeline. And he's like, quit mm-hmm. screwing with the timeline, man. You're going to fuck everything up. So they, they almost like completely cut that out of the series, which is a damn shame because it added a whole nother le- le- uh, layer to it, which like you said, it's hard to translate Stephen King's stuff to media often. Mm-hmm. And so it, yeah, I, I, now I have to, now I have to read the book. Oh yeah. Dude, like, next time must I must have been on the he must have had a. He must have been in a mood when that one happened. Yeah, dude, it was, it was incredible. It was an incredible book. I mean, apparently, he had been writing it since the seventies. So like, oh, he had been working on this book little by little for like what 40, 50 years. Like that's that's pretty impressive, you know. <laughs> um, but back to Castle Rock. Yeah. So, what a mind fuck this show was. <laughs> because walking into this, you think it's one thing. Like, I, I, w- I was almost convinced that it was going to be, like, you're familiar with the Stephen King universe. I was convinced that the kid was Rick Flagg at first. See? That is a common misconception. That's a common, not misconception, that's a common ideal. And for almost the entire series, that was my thought, too, until the last two episodes. Yeah, right. And then, I mean, a friend of mine thinks that he still is. But I like, I mean, it could just be like an early form of him, but I don't know. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's a 50, 50 shot if he is, but I can't decide if it's really him or not. See, I don't see. That's the thing, man, is throughout the series, it, it really did a good balancing of horror and supernatural and sci-fi mm-hmm. and like ethereal. And it, and it did some real metaphysical stuff too, with the whole like converging of timelines and like mm-hmm. the 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 voice of God, like that was just it was really it was really interesting. But like, there's the episode where Molly is walking around in the house, and Molly basically has The Shining. Like I don't know if if you put that if you put two and two together, but that's what she has. See, I was wondering if she like that's the problem. I, I couldn't decide if she had The Shining or if Andre Holland's Henry and anyone who heard that weird thing in the tone and that weird like the weird I guess t- the tinnitus buzzing thing. Yeah. Um, that was The Shining because I could never figure out because The Shining's always weird. Yeah. Because like Stephen King does even in the book he doesn't really explain what The Shining is. Yeah. He just basically goes this is the effect. Yeah. 
which I mean, it was kind of like I said once again, it's a little bothersome. Yeah. But I mean, because the fact they can't explain it is probably the best part about The Shining because you just sitting there just going, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on right now. Exactly, and like neither do the people, and like mm-hmm. that's I, I'm I'm assuming that's what Molly had because remember there was that I, I want to say it was like the third or fourth episode and she's walking around in Henry's house, and she yes. turns around and she sees his dad with the bandages on his face and it just oh shit it just gave me goosebumps now just talking about it because like i remember she's walking around the house she's got the butcher knife and oh it was her house that's right she's in her house she's walking around she's got the butcher knife in her hand and i saw a reflection in the butcher knife i was like oh shit something's there and like she turns around and the dude is just standing there with the bandaged face and i was like oh fuck like i mean that's the best part about castle rock though it's like she has a weird connection with her dad which i don't want to mention yet mention it at all but right. the funny thing is that it's not a horror i mean castle rock is a psycho like what i call it, a psychological mind fuck yeah but it's not horror i mean yeah there are some gruesome parts in it at some point but honestly it's not like a blood and gore like which is what i appreciated about it it's not a blood and gore story like saw or you know something one of the other horror stories it legit is like it's almost like i think a ghost story uh, with a bunch of like, with a bunch of other elements like yeah supernatural and all the other stuff because like yeah watching it you're just like everything's a build up and then you get freaked out and then it just goes back to normal yeah. which freaks you out even more oh yeah well like and I was I I was totally convinced that he was Rick Flag for uh, mm-hmm. that the kid was Rick Flag up until like you said that last those last two episodes and then he's sitting there on the stairs and he starts telling Molly the story. And uh-huh. like, you're like, oh, this makes so much sense because that that weird the schisma in the woods is like a timeline thing, and it's crossing over multiple realities. And he's mm-hmm. Henry Deaver from another timeline, and he's stuck here, and that's why everything's all fucked up because he's not supposed to be there. So it's basically exactly. the universe saying, all hell's gonna break loose because this dude's not supposed to be here, and that makes total mm-hmm. sense. In a way, you are spoiling. You are spoiling the series, my friend. I don't give a fuck. I told you I needed to talk about this. Fair enough. <laughs> I will make sure. Uh-oh. I will make sure when I do the podcast, when I when I release the podcast version of this, that I put a huge spoiler alert at the beginning. Like, if you have not watched Castle Rock, do not listen to this because it will spoil it for you. But Mike does well, not I mean, care. That's the, that's the thing, though. The question, like we all, like the question I had, and my friend Sharina and I had was, would it be a good idea to send him back, or would it be a problem? Because, because honestly, if you know, if Henry had just sent, oh sorry, as we call him, if Black Henry had just sent him back, <laughs> and yes, people, you do need to actually differentiate you between do. Black Henry and White Henry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why can't you just call the other one White Henry? Because there's a Black Henry and White Henry. That's how you know the difference. <laughs> Exactly. You know, like, I don't know how else you can pull it. And, um, and so you're sitting there. You're like going, yeah. why don't you just send him back? Obviously, him being there is a problem. Like, send him home. Like, it's pretty it's pretty obvious, although, that him being there is a problem. But there's like that weird monologue that done by um, Terry O'Quinn, the warden Lacey. Yeah. With, Oh my God! For dead character, that dude had more appearances than I've ever seen in the series. Right? Because um, one of my favorite jokes is Warden Lacey is still probably mostly dead. Uh, <laughs> I'm just but, saying he decapitated himself, but he's he's still around. Which I gotta tell you, that is literally the worst way to kill yourself. Oh my God! Why would you even write that? 
I know. Um, was, well, because he's Stephen King, that's why. Yeah. So, well, I'm sitting there watching Henry going, dude, send him home. But Terry O'Quinn does this monologue explaining that Castle Rock's always been effed up. Like, it's always been a problem. So, the question remains was, does does Randall Flagg be in? I'm sorry, Rick. Does Flag be in there? Make the place horrible? Or is Castle Rock just a magnet? Just a shit magnet, basically. Yeah, I mean, and that... And I'm the, Go ahead. That, I mean, no, you're right. I, like that's that's the question. Is that? I think I, I think I might have called him Rick Flag earlier, which was a another horrible character. But that's Suicide Squad, and I met Randall Flag. But um, um, I mean, there's you, you would you would think that there would only be like one person with the last name of Flag, you know, with two G's at the end. But no, apparently there's got to be Rick and Randall. Um, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, like it's that's the thing though is like at the very end of this, it very well could have still been him because what the hell did he turn into in the woods in that last episode? Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the the weird face thing. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Um, and like it's it looked like he just aged really fast, or he just became something horrible. Yeah. So and like I I was because they didn't explain it, and because at that point uh, Black Henry was just like, oh hell no, I'm putting you back in the cage, like. Mm-hmm. We don't know what that was. For all we know, that could have been, like, he's not supposed to be there, so he's literally, like, turning to dust, or he's turning into some weird monster because he's not supposed to be in that timeline. Well, in, in the back of my head, I'm wondering if uh, Black Henry's not actually Randall Flagg. Like, because there's a part of me that wonders about that because um, the kid um, basically says, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you can't tell which side of the bars you're on. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, if Henry doesn't just lose it at some point because Henry's Henry's got some abilities, and you're just sitting, there just going, "What?" Like, it's so the ending is so weird, and like you can't, like, like you literally don't understand what's happening. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I don't know, like, like you, like, because there there is a a six month jump, and you're just like, "Whoa, okay." Because you actually think he sent the kid back, and then all of a sudden you're going, okay, you did not do it. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah, as soon as he walked into the prison and he started going down into the thing, I was like, oh, dude. <sighs> Henry, what did, what did you do? And then he's there. And, I mean, at least he bought him a cheeseburger and some french fries. That was nice. But like, I mean, Yeah, it was his birthday, I guess. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a thing. Yeah, but still. like, I got a question. Like, that was the other thing, though, too, is like, did you catch at the very end though after Henry after Black Henry climbed up the ladder and left mm-hmm. that White Henry was sitting there smiling? Yeah. Yeah. Which like, I don't understand why. Like like my, my my actually the real question I always had is originally he was in there for 27 years. Yeah. And now he's back in there and my question still remains, how does he drop a deuce? <laughs> Because literally, there were some bodily issues. Like, I know he didn't age, yeah. but I'm sitting there going, dude, what is, like, how well, do you, like, you've been eating, man. Well, let's talk you gotta about this. got to go to dancing at some point. He doesn't drop a deuce. He doesn't pee. He got stabbed, and he was fine. Um, yeah. I, I think that he can't be killed. Well, that's the question, because honestly, um, you got uh, Scott Glenn playing Alan Pangborn, yeah. which is one of your main, your main Easter eggs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for needful, from needful things. things. Yeah, uh, the sheriff from Needful Things and oh, I can't remember what the second book was. Damn it! Um, who's in there? And you're sitting just going, "Why does any?" Because you're thinking, "Why did anyone just shoot him?" And you're like going, 
Yeah, I don't know if that's going to work, and that might just annoy him. And let me just state, too, that, like, he was one of my favorite parts. Like, I, I love Scott Glenn. Like, whether it's <laughs> whether it's Stick or whether it's Alan Pangborn, when he showed up and he saw uh, when he saw White Henry out in the woods, and he's like, I remember seeing you 27 years, and you haven't aged a fucking day. Why don't you tell me why? And, like, pointed a gun, like, right at his face. I was just like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Stick's about to mess him up. Like, what I will say though is the scene with Sissy Spacek where you where you where you're kind of sure but you're not really sure if she can travel through time. Yeah, that scene right there, like not seeing that episode right there was amazing. Oh yeah, because the way they used it with chess pieces, and it's like she literally just explained how she travels through time. Yeah, and you're like watch her do it, and it's like wow, that's because everyone's like going. Yeah, she might have Alzheimer's. It's not Alzheimer's. It's time dementia. She's yeah. been traveling around too much. Time dementia. Yeah. And that makes sense, too. And, like, mm-hmm. the, at one point, too, did you notice how, like, that, that episode ended in a circle mm-hmm. where she shot Alan Pangborn in the garage and he came to investigate her property because one of the other sheriffs said that they had heard a gunshot, but it was, like, 10 yeah. years before. I was like what the hell just happened? Like I was, I was super impressed. Like I, this is why I wanted to do this with you, Phil. Cause I knew that once we got talking about it, we would, we would essentially just like fanboy and gush about how much we enjoyed this show. And for anybody who might've listened and we might've spoiled this for you still watch the show. We didn't spoil anything for you because you still need to see it for yourself because the execution of this is by far the most important part because it was executed masterfully. Mm Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'll probably say, if you don't count the Carrie movies, this is probably the best adaptation of a Stephen King, non-Stephen King story. Um, oh, yeah. Because it, it it's one of those, it, it, like I said, it's, it's a ton of Easter eggs, but it also explains a lot. Like, not to mention, they introduced Jackie Torrance, which I love. Yeah. And honestly, I'm sitting here just going, like, yeah, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, Jackie Torrance is actually named after her uncle, who was a writer who ended up going insane when he went to go write in a castle in up the state of New England. No, in California. Yeah, it was in Colorado. Uh, yeah, the Overlook Hotel in Colorado. Yeah which, yeah, which, as you know, is pretty much the thing with Shining. Yep. It's pretty much the Shining story. Mm-hmm. So the fact they slipped that in was actually really nice. But it does explain Jackie Torrance's weird, like, I don't know, just, like it's, it's really weird because, like, she's just, like, you can't really figure out her character. She's just always around, and, like, she's not creepy. She's not, but she is weird. But you're just sitting there just going, what is wrong with you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she just knows way too much about murder weapons and knows way too much about yeah. that city. And, like, and then she saves the day with that weird teacher. Like, that was that mm-hmm. episode was strange, too, because I feel like there were way too many loose ends for them to just be, like, uh, episode 10, that's it. They needed like three or four more episodes because there's a lot of shit to unpack with that that just did not get handled. And well, well, the one thing I'm I'm waiting to see how they handle is whether they do next season because they pull an American Horror Story and they change the entire cast. That's what I've heard. Yeah, like, like no one comes back, and I'm like going, really? I mean, some like you know, some people think that maybe they'll like you know make allusions to them, but I'm like like to old characters and stuff, and I'm like. We'll need to do a little bit more illusion to answer those questions. Yeah. Um, and seriously though, but Bill Skarsgård, that dude's amazing. Yeah, agreed. Like, I I only knew him as Pennywise from the new uh, reboot of It. They did, 
And like mm -hmm. that dude can do absolutely nothing other than just stand there, walk slow, and stare at you. And he scares mm -hmm. the fuck out of you. It, like I don't know how he manages to do that. But then once you saw that flashback, you were like, oh, he's just a regular guy. He's not some weird monster that mm -hmm. doesn't age. But like it's I don't know. Like I really feel like we need a season two. I didn't realize that it was an anthology that we were going to get a whole new thing. I honestly wish that they would break from that and, and do a second season of that because we need more answers. Like they need to close that series up because like, I got to know, is he the devil or is he actually like an, an alternate reality? Henry? Mm -hmm. Like it was, it, they need more. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like honestly, I mean, part of me is kind of glad that they don't answer that question. Yeah. Because, I mean, you read Stephen King books, and even though it finishes, like, let's oh, yeah. take, like, we'll use it, for example. Yeah. Even the way that book ends, you're still wondering what the hell is, like, what the hell is, like, what the hell is Pennywise? And, I mean, well, you kind of know Pennywise. Yeah. But, like, pretty much wondering, like, where he comes from, what the hell brought him in, and you're still, and do not get me started on that children's scene. Um, <laughs> what, when they, well, well, when they become, when they become, quote, unquote, best friends because of their ritual? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because that's appropriate for a book. Good job, Stephen King. Like, <laughs> even honestly, in his defense, even he was like, "That might not be a good idea." Oh well, shrink. Do you know how many how many books he's done that are like that, where he's like, "This isn't a good idea." Mm, publish, like he. <laughs> so with um with Pet Cemetery. Uh, so this motherfucker <laughs> writes this book, right? And he lets his wife read it, and she looks at him, and she's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" She's like, "This is so twisted and dark and wrong." He's like, I know. He's like, I just started writing it and I couldn't stop. He's like, and it's bad and it's wrong. He's like, and this just needs to be burned. And his publisher is like, Stephen, we need a book like today. And he's like, mm, why don't you take Pet Cemetery? And like, well, well that's just the like, part, he's like, too much, late. The, I heard it differently because I heard he was like, he owed his publisher a new book. And he didn't want to submit that one because his wife was like kind of shitting on him about it. Yeah. And she was just like, just send it in. Just like she literally sends it in for him, and he's just like, and he was just like, oh, it's great. And I'm like, this one's about pets that die. Oh, but then they come back. Oh, and kill people. Damn it, Steven. <laughs> and then this is, you know, and then there's also a little boy who dies, mm -hmm. and they bring him back because nothing bad has ever happened from zombies, right? No, of course yep. not. Like it. Well, that's the, well, that's the, he doesn't like that. That is not a zombie. We call it a zombie, but that is not that. That's old school reanimator right there. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, that's not a zombie because there's no voodoo curse. It's a, yeah, it's, yeah, coming back from the dead and it's something completely different. And yeah. I, as a as a father, I had never watched the movie. I had watched the, I had read the book, right? And I remember getting to the point when the dad goes to dig up the kid's grave and I'm like 12 and I'm like, nope. And I just dropped the book. I'm like, I'm not reading this. I know where it's going. And I was done. And I watched the movie as an adult and that scene where the kid comes back as a father, mm -hmm. that freaked me out. Like I was like, mm -hmm. this is no, I can't deal with this. And then he stabs the kid with the with the drug to kill him. Like that yeah. was that was just unsettling. Like I was like, I'm I, I no mm -mm, no thank you. Like that was the first time I've actually seen a movie as an adult where I was like I was bothered by it. Like most yeah. most stuff is just like I'm one of those weirdos that can watch those like pimple popper videos on YouTube and it just doesn't even fade. Oh me. God! Oh <laughs> oh. But you have a little kid oh. get stabbed with some drugs. Nope, can't handle that. Nope. A reanimated corpse of a baby. Nope, can't handle it. Nope. Too much for me. <laughs> but over overall, like, I think you're in the same, I think we're in the same place with this. Like, I really enjoyed the show. I really enjoyed it. But I don't like that it didn't close up the loose ends. 
as an artist, as somebody who's written before, I like that they leave it up to your interpretation for you to decide how it ends. But at mm -hmm. the same time, too, as somebody who wants a happy ending, I wish they would have sent White Henry back to his timeline. But that's the other well, thing, too, is was he actually White Henry or was he making all that shit up? That's, yeah, that's the problem I have with a lot of series, um, especially the Netflix series. Um, as much as I love the MC Netflix Marvel series, Cinematic Universe, except for Iron Fist, um, <laughs> the issue I have is there's always that need to kind of close out everything. Like, everything needs an ending. And, yeah. I mean, granted, the way they do it is they close out everything in the episode before, and then the next episode, and which I guess is the climax season, they just kind of, like, write new storylines for the next one. But every so often, I just sit there just going, sometimes it's nice when you're telling a story to stay consistent, and the entire time you're watching Castle Rock, there is really no clear answer ever in the story. Like, they don't explain... I mean, they kind of explain where the kid comes from, but you honestly... They don't explain why the kid can do what he does. They don't explain what the hell Molly has other than it's a thing that she has to control with drugs. Yeah. Henry's got that weird thing buzzing in his ear that his kid had that his father has, but they never explain that. I mean, they try to explain it, but the two people who explained it died horribly. Yeah, um, exactly. Oh, except for except for Macaulay people, Culkin's little brother, because he didn't die, because he yeah. was the one that killed him. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, they don't really explain... Who kills um, 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 the deaf guy um, yeah. who, like, I guess the guy who, like, understands the voice of God? Because you really don't know who killed him. Like, yeah. you assume it's Macaulay Culkin's little brother, although it could have been Molly as well because she yeah. has killed before. Yeah. Um, but when you get to the end of the series, it's like all these questions. I'm just sitting there going, well, at least they're consistent. Yeah, now exactly. I have no clue what the hell just happened, but I do know what happened. Yeah. So, you don't, I mean, that's what I started with. You don't understand what happened, but you did see what happened. There you go. There you go. Yeah, you don't under... Yeah, I mean, and, and that's really, I mean, like, think about life. You know, how many times do we... I mean, to use a horrible analogy for something that is, I mean, probably one of the most horrific things that we saw in our adulthood, um, and that would be September 11th, which just happened, you know, the 17th anniversary was three, three days ago. We all know mm -hmm. what happened, or we saw what happened, but none of us will really truly know how and why all of that i mean we we've heard the official stories but there's so many gaps and there's so many holes that we just kind of have you kind of have to make a, a, a leap one way or the other you either have to believe the official story or you have to be one of those crazy conspiracy conspiracy theorists mm -hmm. who are like but look it was a planned demolition and you can see the explosions and blah 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 like it's there's no happy medium with it and mm -hmm. that's kind of the way castle rock is is you either can believe that he was in fact you know he is white henry and that he is the alternate timeline version of him or he's the goddamn devil you know like mm -hmm. there's there's no middle ground i guess well here's the problem i have with the entire maybe like to the split henry thing yeah the question is, is okay so here's here's the thing um in and in, in black henry's timeline he is not the original child of the demons he's adopted however in the other timeline with Bill Skarsgård as, you know, White Henry, he is the official child of the Deavers. So the question remains is usually when you do quote unquote parallel universes, because you've all seen a Star Trek episode. Yeah. It's always someone who looks just like you. The question is, just how can you have two Henry Deavers who don't look like each other? Yeah. Secondly, you got Henry Deavers, one that's white, one that's black. And then like the yeah. other one is like apparent, like 
is his doppelganger since we're going to we'll use the the DC universe that they uh use on the CW is his doppelganger the um the one that died in the womb? Yeah, that's that's the question I have. Like what like is that is that baby him and then at that point why does this Henry get the name and become the kid or or at least become like like you know a doppel kid as it like it were so or doppel Henry so I don't like I said I don't know which is why I'm like really confused at this point because they mention it in passing but then they don't talk about it ever again yeah it's it's oh man I don't but that's the thing is it ultimately did it accomplish its goal yes we're sitting here we're talking about it a lot yes. you know um so watch it seriously like if you don't have Hulu it, it, you get a free week trial okay if you've already used your free week trial, spend eight bucks and watch the damn series. Okay, you get ten hours worth of media, and that's going to be a whole hell of a lot cheaper than going out and seeing a movie at the movie theaters. So, there you go. That's my two cents on it, Phil. Are you, I mean, like, if you're giving this a rating, like on a one to five star kind of thing, I'm thinking I'm giving this like it, at least four stars. It would be five stars if it answered those damn questions. Out of a ten point scale, I think I gave it a seven because um, I was really happy with it. Um, and I tell people. If you're going in thinking it's Stephen King horror and you're hoping for something like The Purge, move on. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah. Like, because this is, this is, I like to refer to this as some high class, high class, like psychological thrillers that honestly, if you're used to stuff like Saw and The Purge, and that's your idea of what like horror and supernatural is supposed to be or whatever you else you want to go with, you know, like the whatever, like don't watch this series. Because yeah. like you, this series requires you to be patient and to actually watch the show because it's and honestly if you can binge watch this in one sitting good for you i couldn't do it no. like i tried while binge watching and i was like i need a break yeah like, i legit needed a break because it's like it's so much stuff you have to process as you watch the series yeah i i normally don't re-watch series ever other than like i've probably re-watched friends probably like eight times but like most of the time like i just turn it on and i'm, I'm writing articles or um you know washing dishes or i'm doing something in the background i'm not really paying full attention um mm -hmm. but like this i, I normally don't re-watch things but i'm going to re-watch castle rock it was that good but also i need some fucking answers so <laughs> i'm watching that series again and seeing if i can unpack some stuff and maybe find something that i missed or like it's, it's not gonna happen you're not getting any answers but like i said the best part about it is it's one of those tv shows where you go I got questions. I got thoughts. I need, like, like you said, you need, you need to talk to someone about it. And you literally will go, I need you to watch this series right now because I need someone to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. So guys, this has been a little bit of a, um, just kind of an offshoot, just a quick one, um, one shot that Phil and I did where we were talking about the Hulu series Castle Rock, which is based in the Stephen King verse, I guess is what you could call it. The King of verse. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, the Kingiverse. Um, check it out. It's a, it's an incredible series. It messes with your mind. Um, if you're just turning in right now and you want to see this, don't go back and listen to the podcast because we spoil the shit out of it. Um, <laughs> but Phil, you're gonna you're gonna stay around and join us as we talk about our favorite comedies, correct? Yes, I will definitely hang for that a little bit. All right, so. excellent. We're gonna do a quick little musical interlude here. Um, we're gonna reset. We're gonna bring uh, MC Brooks on because he's in studio right now. We've got uh, Charmaine, the chauffeur, in the studio as well. Uh, and then we will have a surprise appearance. Well, it's not really. Refer to her as a chauffeur. There's a story. We'll we'll we'll. 
there's a story with it. We'll, we'll, we'll let you in on the story. Um, but okay. we've also decided that we're going to uh, ask Jason Statham if that'll be his next movie. <laughs> Listen, I've got to get the kids to soccer practice. Well, you know he's got that spinoff with The Rock coming, right? Oh, he does? It's a, it's a Fast and Furious spinoff. <laughs> the Rock and Vin Diesel. The Rock and Vin Diesel? Okay, so no Jason Statham? Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. The Rock and Jason Statham. Okay. I get that confused sometimes. I mean, bald, you know, The Rock and another bald-headed guy. Yeah, no, I get it. it it's hard. They look, you know, they look similar. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and reset here, guys. Give us a minute. You know what? Enjoy some postmodern jukebox. Uh, and when we come back, uh, we will be talking about our favorite comedy movies. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.